Hello and welcome back to another episode of the DFS Today Show and The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Thursday, October 6th, which means today's episode is about value options on the upcoming Week 5 DFS slate. Before we get into that stuff, we need to talk about a host of gambling, trends, updates, line movement, sharp spotting, all that good stuff like we normally do as we review the betting card for Thursday or for week five on Thursday. And then we will get in and discuss every position. We will go through the players that cost less than $7,000 and we will identify value spots and opportunity players for the week five slate. As always, follow me on Twitter at mfiddle14. Rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast feed, and I would love, 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 love written reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you give me a written review on Apple Podcasts and then shoot me a DM on Twitter, I will not only give you my core four, which you get on the Saturday podcast, I will simply give you my entire lineup for that week. A little thank you to you, and you thank me with a written review. Also, go check out my bonus episode that I did yesterday on NBA futures and player props. We are two weeks away from NBA season starting. I am a basketball guy to my core. My dog named LeBron is right next to me right now. So I'm a big NBA gambler. That is my home. That is where I got started in this space. And on my own podcast feed, The Advantage, I will be releasing a lot of NBA content once the season starts. I do not do NBA DFS stuff. I just do a lot of gambling on the lines. So that content will not be coming out on the DFS Today podcast feed, only on The Advantage. So make sure you are subscribed to that podcast feed, The Advantage, or you are following me on Twitter, again, at mfiddle14, where I tweet out all the links to the shows. Okay, let's start off the betting discussion this week, as we always do with Thursday night football. My bet for this week is Broncos minus three. The current line is Broncos minus three and a half. I would definitely see if you could get a minus three anywhere in the marketplace right now. But Broncos are definitely the play and the sharp side going into this Thursday night football game. Like I said, I have the ticket at minus three. It is at minus three and a half now. This line opened at minus two and a half, but we're seeing 57% of the money bet on this game be bet on the Broncos. So that's why the line has moved a point. And that indicates the sharp side is the Broncos for this game. So I am backing the Broncos. But of course, if you're taking the line at minus three and a half, you have the half point hook off the three number, which is so important. So at that point, you might consider also playing a little bit on the money line. I personally don't mind the three and a half in this situation. I do think the Broncos still cover it. However, it is a super key number. It is the most important number in football. So I can't just skip over that point that you're missing that number if you're taking it at minus three and a half. So you might want to just take the minus 180 or minus 175 money line wherever you can find it. I personally am playing the minus three on the Broncos for Thursday night football. The trend is also towards the under. There's been line movement going down from 43.5 to 42.5. However, I'm a little scared to get in on the total simply because Javante Williams and Jonathan Taylor are both out for this game. So we don't know if it's going to be a high-volume throwing game 
or both of these teams are going to be missing key playmakers and simply unable to move the ball. So I'm staying away from the total, but I do like the Broncos minus three and a half or love them where I have it at minus three. Let's review some spots for Sunday. Sunday, London game, that early 6.30 in the morning game for me on the West Coast is Packers versus Giants, two three-in-one teams battling head-to-head. The Giants quarterback situation is very questionable right now. I think Tyrod is still going to be out. Daniel Jones is certainly banged up. And we saw Saquon taking snaps last week. I love the Packers minus eight. I'm on the Packers minus eight, and I'm also on a teaser leg for the Packers, bringing them down through the seven and through the three to a minus two. I think this is a clear roll-on spot for the Packers who are playing really well. Of course, they won in overtime last week against the New England Patriots, but they dropped a few balls that would have totally swung that game the other way. So you expect some of those plays to just come back to the normal occurrence, which would have been a catch, which would have been a touchdown, which would have been seven points, which would have meant no overtime, which would have meant a big Packers win. That's what I am expecting on Sunday. So I'm sorry for my Giants fan listeners. I know there are plenty of you. I do not think this is the week to keep this really lucky season rolling on. Saints-Seahawks. We have to see if Jameis is playing. There's money coming in on the Saints. So if Jameis is active, I like to play on the Saints at home against the Seahawks. Again, Seahawks have been a very good team this year. Very efficient offense. I think Geno Smith is the highest ranked quarterback on his PFF grade this season. That's absolutely crazy. Someone let Russell Wilson know that Geno Smith is balling in Seattle while he's struggling in Denver. I'm sure he knows. Um, The bet on that game would be on the Saints side if I had to make a bet. I have no bet on that game. I'm awaiting news on Jameis' injury. If I could get Jameis healthy and I could get that line at five and a half where it sits now, I'd be very interested. Bills Steelers, um, there's money coming in on the Bills, but it's a 14-point spread. You're going against a rookie quarterback. The defense for the Steelers is banged up. We'll see if they get uh, Minka Fitzpatrick back. TJ Watt should still be out. It's too big of a point spread for me to get action on. However, historical trends show that when you're this big of a favorite, you actually cover more often than not, and you cover above the 52.4% threshold rate to be profitable. And considering their sharp action on the Bills, the Bills are definitely the right bet in that game. But again, minus 14 and a minus 950 money line, I'm just going to stay away from that. Bears-Vikings, another game I am personally staying away from. Divisional spot, Vikings are coming off the London game and returning home. We know teams coming off the London game typically do not perform that well. However, they get one of the easiest matchups going against the Bears, and they play at home where they're dominant. So they're a 7.5-point favorite. I'm not going to get in on that spread. You could consider the Vikings a good teaser leg if you tease them down to 1.5 through the 3, through the 7, uh, and you're getting the home Vikings against the Bears at minus 1.5. That is a great teaser leg, so consider that. Jaguars-Texans, money on the Jaguars. It's a no play for me. It's a divisional spot. Divisional games are usually played tighter. Uh, Texans beat the Jaguars in week one last year. Texans play actually good football. They had a late run against the Chargers last week and almost came back. Uh, Jaguars had a their first big loss and comeback loss against the Eagles. So I'm going to be avoiding that game. If I were to bet on it, it's taking the Jaguars 
minus seven or the Jaguars money line. But again, minus 340 is too much juice to pay for a game I don't feel too confident in. Miami Dolphins, New York Jets. Dolphins minus three is a clear play. It is one of my favorite bets on the board. I love backing the Dolphins on the road after a drama spot with the whole Tua injury. They're getting Bridgewater. Bridgewater covers on the road. He's 21-5 and in his 26 games, covering spreads on the road. He wins game. They call him Teddy Covers. He's going against the Jets, who are returning Zach Wilson. Their whole offensive line is banged up, and the Dolphins' blitz rate is enormously high. I really like the Dolphins, and I lean towards the under in this game. I also, if you're going to lean up for, a, if you're going to look for a prop, look for Zach Wilson's over on his rushing yards. This guy is going to be forced out of the pocket this week. He's going to be forced to run. I am probably going to be on Dolphins minus three. Zach Wilson's over on his prop. I lean towards the under, but I'm not playing it. I think this could be a week where the Jets score seven or 10 points, which means the Dolphins would have to put up more than 35 for this game to go towards the over. Falcons versus Bucks. Falcons have been frisky. We call them the frisky Falcons this season. Bucks seem to be rounding out into form. This spread has climbed. Started at a minus eight. It's now at a minus 10. That is a clear indicator that the Bucks are the sharp side, that they're thinking Tom Brady writes the ship. My best bet for this game is the over 46 and a half. I love this spot for the over. We see the Buccaneers really struggling to run the ball and getting their weapons back. I think they ran the ball six times and threw 51 times last game. The Falcons really can move the ball on offense, and they've been a clear over team all season. Even though the Bucs have been an under team, I think this is the week where they become an over team. And now we have two over teams playing against each other with a line only at 46 and a half, which should probably be north of 48. It should probably be 48 and a half. So I absolutely love the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Atlanta Falcons over 46 and a half. New England Patriots, Detroit Lions. Money coming in on the Patriots. However, I will not play it because we don't know the extent of Detroit's injuries this week, and we don't know who is playing quarterback for the Patriots. If you are going to take a side in this game, it is the Patriots' side. They're at home. They're incredibly well-coached. And even though they're playing potentially a third-string quarterback, Mac Jones has been horrible this season. So they're replacing a horrible guy with a third-stringer. It's not like they're replacing one of their best players, even though he has the name recognition of being one of their best players. He simply hasn't been that. So it shouldn't be that much of an impact on the actual way the game is played because Mac Jones has been sucking. Tennessee versus Commanders. Money coming in on Tennessee to start the week and then some reverse money. I don't know what the right word is to call this right now. Reaction. Resistance. That's the word. Some resistance coming back in the market. Back in on the Commanders. It was a minus three. Now it's back to a two and a half point line. Titans on the road in Washington. Washington, I just think, is a big sell team. This team looks like they suck. I think Carson Wentz will probably be benched in the next few weeks. And we will see Heineke back out there. Derrick Henry looks like he's a man on a mission again. Tannehill looks like he's riding the ship a bit. Robert Woods looks like he's getting a little healthier. I like the Tennessee Titans. I am on the Titans minus two and a half. Very well-coached team with Vrabel. I personally have always been a Ron Rivera fan, the coach of the Commanders. 
But if we look at all the beat writers and the odds in the marketplace, he looks like a guy who's on the hot seat and actually might be fired. Again, they also have this guy, Brian Robertson, coming back. Antonio Gibson, we're not sure who's going to be their running back and who's going to be involved in their run game. And their quarterback is Wentz, and he sucks. So Titans minus two and a half is another good bet for this week. Chargers, Browns minus two and a half. Chargers over 47 and a half. So I have, I'm on the Chargers and the over in this game. The Browns and Chargers have both been two teams trending towards the over. They both were defenses projected to be really good this season, but simply aren't up to snuff like we expected. I like the Chargers minus two and a half. I like the over in this game. I like the Chargers to start riding the ship a bit for the next few weeks. And I look, look to back the Chargers going forward. 49ers minus six and a half against the Panthers. This line opened at four and a half, and I got in on this line before the San Francisco 49ers versus Rams Monday night football game because I knew I was on the 49ers in that Monday night football game. And simply, if they came out and looked good, this line against the Panthers would move mightily. I predicted the future with my crystal ball quite well. 49ers came out, rolled the Rams. This line moved to 6.5. I keep saying this. I said this on the Tuesday pod. Whether or not you like this line is more of a function of how much you hate Baker Mayfield. 49ers are a clear get-right team right now. Uh, Matt Rule and Baker are a clear fade team. So it's a big point spread on the road for a 49ers team that generally is not high-volume scoring but a great defense. However, I would still feel comfortable playing the 6.5. I think the Panthers suck, and I think the 49ers are a get-right team. I wouldn't be too scared of the line movement. I'd be playing into it with the Sharps. You also have the two minus 290 money line, which I also think is a viable play here. If you're scared of the points, but you really like the situation, you could always play the money line. Eagles-Cardinals. This game opened at a three and a half. We are in Arizona, but the Eagles, 4-0, are the favorites. The Cardinals stink this year. I'm so glad I'm on their under eight and a half on their win total. Uh, Eagles been a dominant team, but this line opened at three and a half. It's now at five and a half. I don't love taking it. I don't love even playing the money line. Can I call me crazy enough to even think the Cardinals are the right play here? There's definite sharp action on the Eagles, so you'd be going the other way. But Eagles play against the Dallas Cowboys in a divisional game Monday night next week, primetime. So you could be scared. This is a little bit of a look-ahead trap game. And these offenses play pretty similar. Get the quarterback out in space. Let him be create offense with his legs. And he could also throw at a pretty high volume and decent accuracy. So this game could go either way. Total sitting at 48.5, which is north of the key number of 48. So no play at all in this game for me. Cowboys versus Rams. Fade the Rams. I keep saying it. Fade the Rams. They can't block anybody. They can't run the ball. They can only throw the ball to one player named Cooper Cup. So what does that mean? That means in DFS, we're probably going to be playing Cooper Cup with his 14 receptions and 100 yards and likely touchdown. But we're going to be playing this Dallas plus 5.5. I got this line when it was plus 7. It moved to plus 4 at one spot when it was potential that Dak was back. But now that we know Dak is out, Cooper Rush is playing. It's back at the 5.5. There's clear, sharp action on the Cowboys from when this line opened and clear play towards the under. I'm also on under 45.5. It's now sitting at 43.5. 44 and 43 are pretty much key numbers. I still like the under 43.5. 
The Rams can't move the ball, and the Cowboys have a backup quarterback. Really like the under in this game. Bengals-Ravens. I'm on the Bengals plus three and a half. It's now sitting at Bengals plus three, so we know some sharp money coming in on the Bengals. I'm also on the under 48 and a half. It's now at 47 and a half. So we have money on the under, money on the Bengals. Those are the two positions that I'm on. Ravens are at home, but they're coming off a really emotional win against the uh, Bills where they actually got pretty lucky. Bengals seem to be riding the ship a little bit so that you're getting the plus three and a half in a divisional game where you're also on the under. Really good correlated value of Bengals and under for this game. I really like that I have the hook on the three and a half and under the key number of 48 and a half. However, if you're taking this now at plus three and 47 and a half, you're in a much different spot because that's two major key numbers that you're missing. Chiefs Raiders, another brilliant teaser spot for the Chiefs. But actually, the lack of line movement has me a little concerned this might be a trap spot. Uh, I like Chiefs. I like teasing the Chiefs down from 7.5 to 1.5 with the Packers, who are at 8 right now, and you could tease them down to 2. So I already have a Chiefs-Packers teaser in. You could also consider the Vikings leg or the Buccaneers leg. So the Buccaneers, Vikings, Packers, and Chiefs present the four best teaser legs. Take two of them, pair them together, put them in a six-point teaser, pay the minus 115 juice, and let it roll. Mine... This week is Packers-Chiefs. That is the Monday night football game, and that means I just went through every single game on the slate. You're welcome. Let's do quarterbacks now. Move on to the DFS space and discuss players under $7,000. That starts us off with quarterback Kirk Cousins. I know I discussed Matthew Stafford last week, but you will not catch me dead playing Matthew Stafford in DFS right now with how bad he looks. Um, I won't be playing Cousins either. I still said, like I said on Tuesday, Herbert was my favorite quarterback right now. As I scroll down, Tom Brady against the Atlanta Falcons is definitely an option. I said I liked the over in that game. Tom Brady's the guy that the optimizers keep spitting out. So keep that in mind. The optimizers this week are giving Tom Brady as the value quarterback and Josh Allen as the spend-up quarterback. And I kind of agree in both spots. But I have a feeling Herbert also presents great value. So Josh Allen, Herbert, or Tom Brady would be the three quarterbacks that I would recommend. If Jameis is playing, you could go with him. You could try and go with Mariota against Tampa because Tampa stops the run so much that Mariota will be forced to throw a little bit. You can go with Garoppolo against Carolina if they're going to win and win big. You can go with Zach Wilson if we're expecting him to run more. Again, I don't love those options. My choice for quarterback is going to be Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, or Tom Brady. Let's move on to the running backs. Uh, Leonard Fournette is, comes in at 6,900, so that's where we need to start. Lenny is also a name that the optimizers keep spitting out. I've played Lenny Cornette quite a few times in my core this season. I'm a big Fournette fan. He can catch the rock. He had a catching touchdown from Tom Brady last week, so that would have been a stack-stack touchdown. He catches the rock. He gets his ways in the end zone. He has high volume. Rashad White played a lot last game, so a little bit scared of going to the Fournette wheel after a game where White looked so good. But keep in mind, the optimizers are spitting out core, and he's going to be highly owned. Jamal Williams... 
definitely an option. He's going against New England, so it's a little bit scary this week because New England will probably have a great game plan against Goff and the Lions. But Jamal Williams is going to get that volume. It's going to be hard for me not to play him. If I am playing Jamal Williams, I will include him in the core this week. The clear value spots are guys like Singletary for the Bills. If the Bills are a minus 14, if they're going to be winning a lot, they might be running out the clock. And Singletary is dominating the snaps for the Bills recently. So I definitely like Singletary for the Bills, 6100 It's a little high to pay, price to pay because he's been doing so well the last few weeks. But he's definitely a guy that you could go to. Jeff Wilson is absolutely crushing for the 49ers. And this week he's going against the Carolina Panthers. I certainly like that. You could choose a New England running back because they are going to be super run heavy against the Lions who can't stop the run at all. You can go with Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevenson. They are priced relatively the exact same. Uh, Rashad Penny, you could go back to the well, but you're chasing and then you're playing against the Saints who have a great run D. So I wouldn't do that. Brees Hall is an option. He's been seeing his volume clearly tick up for the Jets. I'm going further down the list. I'm not seeing many names that I like. And then you could always consider going with a guy like Algier or Huntley. Some of these guys that were high waiver priorities this week in fantasy football because they're filling in for the injured backs. Of course, a lot of those are on Thursday night with Javante and Latavius and Boone and all those guys. So we won't be playing them on the Sunday slate. But you could look to a guy like Algier or Huntley filling in for Cordell Patterson. Let's go on to wide receiver. First name under six th- under 7,000 is Mike Evans. If I love Tom Brady, I love Mike Evans. I think that would be a beautiful Tampa Bay stack. Really like that idea of going Brady and Evans. I think that could definitely work out. Brady threw the ball 51 times last game. Mike Evans was going nuclear. He just had a suspension game where he rested, so he's a little bit fresh legs. His hamstring's actually okay right now. I like riding in with Mike Evans. Um, going to keep scrolling down the list. Deontay Johnson, man, you screwed us last week. I don't think we could play Deontay Johnson again until we see how the whole Kenny Pickett situation shakes out and if he's going to be still the main target and get the same volume that he got when Trubisky was the quarterback or is that simply going to go to a guy like Kenny Pickens? So potential week where you can go for value in Kenny Pickens. If the Steelers are going to be losing to the Bills, they're going to be throwing the whole second half, which might mean a 10-target game for a guy like Pickens. And we know he's got that talent. Um, Devonta Smith against the Cardinals, I think, is an option. If you look at the uh, Twitter NFL Films video about Devonta Smith last game, he was hilariously too cold to play in the rain and the freezing last week. So now he's going to be in Arizona. Expect a nice bounce back from warm weather Devonta. Chris Godwin, I think, again, if you're going to go with Brady, you could definitely go with Godwin. 5,900 had a clear bounce back week where he looked good. Have no problem going with Godwin or the name right below him, Drake London, which would be a reverse stack. The Tampa Bay Bucks are winning. Mariota is going to be forced to throw a lot. We know that the running back, Cordell Patterson, is on IR for the Falcons. So you can play into that and play their rookie wide receiver. Don't play Kyle Pitts. Uh, Curtis Samuel, always an option until he gets to over $6,000. He's an option. Again, we have Jahan Dotson out this week. 
So Samuel should be more involved. Olave, definitely an option going against Seattle, playing at home. If Jameis is playing, you can play Olave. And it keeps scrolling down. Allen Robinson, unplayable. Garrett Wilson, unplayable with Zach Wilson until we see how that situation shakes out. Robert Woods, not really playable right now. DJ Moore, unplayable. Um, Michael Gallup, starting to look kind of playable. I'd probably wait on that until Dak is back. Uh, Noah Brown, looks like he's actually pretty good. It looks like a week where I might be paying up for wide receiver and trying to save money elsewhere. Maybe I'm playing Tom Brady and I'm saving money at quarterback. Let me quickly check the optimizers. We're seeing a guy like Rondell Moore be a frequent name on the optimizers. Jacoby Myers is a frequent name on the optimizers. Uh, And then doing a double stack at tight end is coming a lot in the optimizers. So Hunter Henry is there a lot in the flex or the tight end. Evan Ingram, Dalton Schultz, Kyle Pitts. Oh, Lord, no. So these are some of the names, value guys, pass catching that are on the optimizers. Jacoby Myers is definitely a situation that I could play into. Pickens, again, 4,300. I like that, especially now that Claypool is seemingly benched. Zay Jones, we'll see if he's healthy and, and feeling good. If so, he's going against the Texans. I like that. So there are definitely some options for cheap wide receivers. I will make sure I give out in the core for the value players that I'm going with this week since I'm a little bit up in the air for it. Tight end. I said on Tuesday we needed to do a deep tight end talk because there was no elite tight end options this week. The highest name on the board is George Kittle at 5,200. I will not be playing George Kittle. I actually don't think it's the worst play against uh, Carolina. They might be looking to get Kittle reinvolved in this offense in a game where they should win pretty easily. But it's more of a, I want to see it before I spend up and pay for it. Kyle Pitts, again, Tampa Bay is going against a team that's terrible. Tampa Bay is a team that's terrible against tight ends. So that's why Pitts is being talked about on the optimizers or on Twitter. Like I see a lot, a lot of Pitts' name on Twitter being recommended for DFS this week because he's absolutely reached his floor price. 4400 for Pitts is ludicrous, but the guy sucks and he has a, a, a basement He has no ceiling, and he has a basement. He could get you 0 to 2 points way easier than he can get you 15-plus. I will not be playing Kyle Pitts. I prefer Tyler Higby right below him, who has the most targets of any tight end. I prefer Gerald Everett also right below him. I prefer Njoku. So if I'm looking at tight end, those are the names I'm looking at. Higby, Everett, Njoku. Ertz would be another name. And then the optimizer names that keep spitting out are Henry, Ingram, Kyle Pitts, Dalton Schultz. For defense this week, the two value options are the Cardinals going against the Eagles. I'm pretty surprised that the optimizers are spitting out the Cardinals. They are the cheapest team, and I guess you can just assume that because of the way Philly plays, they put themselves in some vulnerable spots. They play very explosive. They throw the ball. They have a lot of air yards. Jalen Hurts threw a pick six last week, so it could happen this week. The other spot is the Titans. Titans play against Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is a turnover machine. So we will look to either play the Titans or the Cardinals. 
Those are what the optimizers are saying for defenses. Of course, I went through a few defenses on Tuesday that I like, and I might give out a defense in my core this week if I'm trying to give you the more value options and lower spend lower spend players for this week. Okay, that wraps up the discussion today. We are riding with the Denver Broncos for Thursday night football. We will be back for the Saturday core four. And that is our discussion for value options on the upcoming week five DFS slate. As always, peace out.